Right. We're a data aggregator, and we're we're mm. so people who make data actionable. Oh, okay. I think I just understood your business model. So basically. Hello, everybody, and welcome to How to Scale an Agency. We're going to be focusing on all the ways in which your business can grow and scale online as a digital marketing agency. The digital marketing agency space has never been easier to get into. And on this podcast, we're going to help uncover all the tricks and tools of the trade that digital marketing agency owners are doing today to help them achieve the scale necessary to be wealthy, prosperous, and do good in the world. We hope you enjoy this podcast. Thank you for tuning in. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of How to Scale an Agency. I'm on with Rob Turley of White Rabbit Intel. Thank you so much for being on the show, Rob. Yeah, no problem. The pleasure is mine. So tell me a little bit about White Rabbit. I've seen you inside our Facebook community and inside our Slack community. It's been cool to see podcasts you do and also the um, content you're putting out there. Could you explain to me a little bit more about how this tool works, what you built, what the platform is, just some context for the listeners? Sure, sure, no problem. Yeah, the, the podcast that I have is called Down the Rabbit Hole. Feel free to watch it. It is not for profit in any way. It's literally just to help people become better, better versions of themselves and to learn how to navigate the business world more effectively. That's an exciting thing. Happy to contribute. Uh, I've been writing a lot of articles lately. So if you've never heard of GTM Mag, go there. It's new. Julian Nimchinsky is uh, the founder of that. And it's going to be like the next big thing when it, it, it stands for uh, Go to Market Magazine. Mm. Really cool stuff. It's gotten a lot of traction so far, but what I've built, well, I can't take credit for building it because I was one of many, right? So the team that I've put together of what we have built is an artificial intelligence and brass tacks. It's a targeting and qualification engine. Mm -hmm. Essentially, it's what it is. What does that mean? It means that we can analyze any population of people. Most people do it for sales, right? Or for marketing where we can look at everybody that you do business with, have failed to do business with, and then mathematically produce an ideal customer persona or an ideal engagement persona or whatever outcome you're trying to measure. Then from there, you can generate leads, market, advertise effectively at a very granular level, micro niching or micro targeting, as we like to call it, which is the, the new fad right now that's going on that I, I helped actually build, which I'm excited about because people are doing it, but hyper targeting, that's the term. It's gonna become the buzzword. So get there before other people do, right? But then we're able to distill further, analyze any prospects, marketing qualified leads that you bring in, and we can pinpoint which individuals are most likely to fit your client base. So what is the best application for something like hyper-targeting? That's something that, let's say, Facebook is the kind of targeting Facebook does considered hyper-targeting or what is considered hyper-targeting? Well, what Facebook does is they have a relevance engine. Any type of social media or search engine type of advertising or whatever that may be, it's all based off of relevance. They don't actually have the advertiser in mind when it comes to conversion. They couldn't give a shit. What they care about is, is it relevant to whatever content that's surrounding it? Therefore, it's not about conversion. It's about how many people view it, how many people click it. Whether that turns into business or not is not their concern because it doesn't make them mm -hmm. money. Right. If you were getting a lot of sales from advertising, you wouldn't advertise as much. If you don't advertise as much, you don't make as much money as the person who hosts the advertising platform. Right. right. So it's built to work against you as much as they will deny that is true. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, it, hyper targeting is using a removal process, a negative mm -hmm. process, because it's we don't need more leads. That's the lie. 
Lead gen companies make money off of volume. No shit, they said, do they tell you you need more leads, right? There's never been a better way. This is taking it to the next level, getting as granular as possible so you can strip the garbage before you even encounter them. So it's outside of the funnel. Before mm. anything enters the funnel, you can be generating leads and creating content that's going to resonate with people who are a good fit to begin with. Then from there, being able to analyze them further, you can get them right down to the sales qualified lead, if not the opportunity stage, before you even speak to them. That's hyper-targeting. Right. Can you share some applications of it though? So like, for example, how would one go up implementing hyper-targeting into their business? Is it just working within your platform or way to do it themselves? We have like a done for you or a do it yourself. It depends. If you don't have anybody who really understands market data on your team, we refuse to sell you the do it yourself because that's a CS nightmare we want nothing to do with. <laughs> but to total transparency. We've tried it, right. doesn't work. But uh, if you do have someone who does understand data, who understands uh, like market analytics or just data analytics, even at, at a low level, it's very simplified. We'll enable you to do that. But really it's export from your CRM or if it's integrated, just hit a button, sends the data, we process it, and then we'll output right. your ICP. It'll output all the insights and the, those demographics that you're running through. And then from there, you just upload a list of, or if it's integrated, you send over a list of prospects and it will analyze those and give you the results. That's it. I love this. So with, with a software like this or with a tool like this, I think there's obviously a lot, there's a lot of buzzwords that come around and some of them stay, some of them don't, some of them are just trends. Could you back up a little more of the claims? So like what kind of results do people see through this kind of a method as opposed to traditional targeting or traditional retargeting campaign? Sure. That's a great question. Why? Because we've done tests against this. So if you were to generate a, a lead list, whether you're a marketer, a seller, doesn't matter. If you're generating a lead list, what you're going to do is that you're going to pick an industry and then you're going to pick a couple of job titles that are relevant. And then you're going to pick, uh, let's see, a region, let's say the United States. Then you're going to pick a company size range, maybe 200 to 1,000. So now you have a list of 1.2 million people that you could potentially generate. You're going to generate a couple thousand at a time. Let's say you generate 1,000 leads. These are great mm -hmm. leads. They fit. Except how deep did you really go? Industry, yeah. couple of job titles, a region, and a company size range. That's not targeting. That's just a guess. So mm -hmm. when you go at that level, you generate those 1,000 leads, you'll find that about one to one and a half percent are going to be actual opportunities, hmm. actual opportunities, which is about the market average. So out of a list of a thousand people, 10 to 15 people are going to be an opportunity within that list. Sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. when you're using the hyper-targeting methodology and you're using this type of technology to back it up, it is a very core data-driven RevOps method. Now, RevOps is the combination of CS, sales and marketing all working as one unified force. That's the important part. You're using the sales data to drive the marketing. You're using the marketing data to drive the lead generation and all that good stuff. And you're learning from the CS data, the people who you currently work with to understand who it is that you really work with. You add all that together, you analyze it. And when you start generating leads using this hyper-targeting methodology, we've seen results of anywhere between 10% to 47.5% of the leads within any lead list generated from a lead database are mm -hmm. actual opportunities. That is a yeah. massive increase in, in, in real, real opportunity, which right. is incredible because the problem we have right now is that we are so tied to high volume outreach that is it a serious problem. We've dug our own graves. The reason the market seems unsellable or unmarketable 
is because there's so much noise. Everybody mm -hmm. thinks we have to double our outreach, double the emails, double the ad spend. You're only adding to the problem. It's it, theoretically, it might double your sales, but you've also doubled the resources that it takes to get there. Instead of trying to find the needle in the haystack, why are yeah. you buying haystacks? Why not just buy a needle stack? I love this. Thank you. I mean, I actually I just did a post about this on LinkedIn where I was saying that the biggest quest for any entrepreneur is to find that next level that they're, you know, to break through that plateau. And I feel like what you're describing is a new way of thinking about things, which, you know, people might have discussed in the past, but I think it's, it, it does open up some new possibilities because I think you're right. Most people think about how do you expand reach, not necessarily how do you go deeper, mainly because they don't really realize you can go deeper. That's right. Now, as somebody who is, I would say level out of 10, I'd probably say level four out of five on understanding like AI machine learning, as far as like how it actually works and how you would implement that in the software. Right. I'm curious to the extent that you can, while staying conceptually high level, because I'm sure there's some proprietary information behind the scenes, what is actually going on with the AI machine sure. learning process? Even I mean, before getting into does. proprietary, I don't want to yeah. get that deep because people will be like, oh, what? <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'll try to well, keep it, it to, pretty- Explain it to a, you know, a third grader, let's say. Yeah, let's I, say, got you. You know, I got you, I got you. So <laughs> what, what we're doing is that we're looking at what went right and what went wrong. So if your desired outcome is to have a higher attendance at a webinar, we can analyze what that looks like. If your out desired outcome is to close more sales, we can also analyze what that looks like. It doesn't matter what it's for, but we analyze what went right. So the let's say for sales, it's the easiest to think about. Closed one sales, the people involved in that, the people you sold to. We analyze them, but then the caveat is that we look at the other side too, closed lost sales. Let's say it was a community that you're trying to build. People who are engaged in the community who stick around, that's the win. So the loss are people who left the community because they didn't like it or they're totally disengaged. Yeah. So we're able, by looking at both sides of that coin, we're able to see subtle, subtle patterns and nuances using something called deep learning. Mm -hmm. With deep learning, it's really good at finding very nuanced patterns within trillions of patterns within a data set. So we're able to plot that. What does that mean? It doesn't really mean it. mathematically, it means a lot. But what it means is that by looking at what went right and what went wrong, we can define the path of least resistance. So if you think of selling and marketing as a game of chess, where the, you need to use the least moves to win, we're seeing it as a game of chess. It can, it's all numeric. Selling yeah. and marketing is a numbers game, but it's not the numbers game we thought it was. What's interesting is that with AI machine learning, obviously you need pretty big data sets. Uh, nowadays, there's obviously a lot of data sets that are online you can use. Uh, for training your models. Oh, but Are it's you... not like that. So oh. we do unsupervised, unstructured machine learning, which is incredibly mm -hmm. rare because people frankly don't understand the math. We don't need a large data set like that. We can build an accurate ideal customer persona using about 150 clients and 300 losses. That's it, not even up to a thousand. An accurate predictive model on the other hand, to pair with it, about 250 and 500, so still under a thousand, but using unsupervised, unstructured machine learning, it's doing its own mathematics. It's mm -hmm. quantifying what it needs to quantify, treating the data the way that it needs to be treated to get the job done, instead of us making the rules to tell it what to do. Right. It's only, the only thing you teach our system is what is the win, what is the loss? What is the positive mm -hmm. outcome? What is the undesired outcome? After mm -hmm. you teach it that, it does all the rest on its own, it's self-learning. It's very interesting. You know, I'm going to have to show you this company called Tommy.ai. It was a company I met back in the day. Uh, they just raised $2 million and they do a very similar thing. They work with 
in CRMs or like databases, sales databases, and they basically enrich targeting, make things more hyper-targeted in order to better increase your conversions, things like that. You might find it interesting. The guy's name is Dimitri. Oh yeah, we like working with folks like that because yeah. I, I'm, I'm familiar with the company. I've never spoken to anybody there, but what they do is very different from what we do actually. Oh, really? So we make data actionable, they enrich data. Mm -hmm. So they give them more of the dots to connect. We connect the dots for you. Mm -hmm. So when there's more dots to connect that's usable to salespeople and marketers, then we are able to make it actionable and there are more answers that lie within. So it's a very good partnership that can be structured between us. We work with a lot of yeah. data providers because we're not a data provider. Right. We're a data aggregator and we're, we're mm -hmm. so people who make data actionable. Oh, okay. I think I just understood your business model. So basically, are you trying to build like it's actually really interesting because it's pretty in line with my thesis about, and, you know, in, in listeners, we're going to go on a little bit of a, a journey right now because uh, I think it's a little, this is a little bit different in structure than we usually do, but I'm I, ready. Find this, I find this too interesting to not. So if you're interested in listening more and learning more about machine learning AI, stay tuned. If not, you guys can move on to the next podcast, but this might take a while. So, you know, just letting you know. But yeah, anyways, come back in 10 minutes. Yeah, come back in 10 minutes. <laughs> skip, skip for 10 minutes. We're going to go pretty deep on this though. But point being is I think I understand the business model. My thesis with software and everything and data right now is that there's a lot of information, but there's a lot less knowledge and that most of the 21st and then eventually 22nd century is going to be about making data knowledgeable. Like how do you derive insights? So that, the that's the problem. So mm -hmm. data is like water. It's everywhere. It's mm -hmm. a commodity. It's easy yes. to get. It literally rains from the sky. Like you can yep. aggregate data at an alarming rate. It's all yep. about what the hell do you do with it? And that's what even the enterprises are struggling with. This yeah. is what we solve. What do you do with it? How do you take action and make money from it? We mine yeah. gold, diamonds, and gems within your data. That's amazing. So here's the thing. So you're positioned almost kind of like a snowflake or also kind of these big uh, utility-based enterprise data models where essentially you're going to be the place that enrich, well, not necessarily enrich, well, enriches. Yes, you said enriches. We right? do guys... we do enrich, but we don't yeah. output that data because it's yeah. too, it's in the creepy zone. We deal in psychographics. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's, you don't need to know that much about something. Yeah. But you're like the, you're basically, are, are you essentially like a restful API? That's just that you people pass That's through. right. Okay. That's right. We also, we also have a platform. The magic behind it is that this can integrate into virtually any client database or any database that hosts contact data whatsoever. It doesn't matter. Oh man, we're going to be friends. Cause you know, people don't, I don't lead with this with agency go because it's like hard for people to understand because they want to grow their agency. They're not really focused on the, the well, this will help you it. do that more than more than no. you can ever believe and it. grow so, your clients. Like one of the yeah. things we do is partner with marketing agencies. Why? Mm -hmm. Because we're able to enable them when they bring on a new client, when they're trying to figure out that target, they're interviewing their team, they're getting the, a different version of the same story that's a really loose target. They look at their CRM data, it's totally broken, it's a mess. And what do you actually have to play with? Well, time to do some market research and try to figure it out. You're trying to figure out this target for like 45 days, spending a couple tens of thousands of dollars to do it. Mm -hmm. We would be able to effectively define it mathematically and accurately to the T in about four and a half minutes of data processing. So you can yeah. build the first effective campaign literally week one. I love this. So get this. This is the the, the 10 year goal with um, Agency Go, basically. I'll give it to you in like 15 seconds. Basically, the idea is that I scaled an agency. Obviously, I still have it. But people would always kind of be and ask, what kind of service should I do? How should I grow my business? Everyone gets that question. Everyone listening to this podcast gets that question. I thought to myself, how could you run a better marketing agency? 
and how could you use comparative agency analytics? That's the buzzword that I use, comparative agency analytics, to basically tell at first an agency, because I'm starting with agencies, but the idea is to expand to all businesses. Sure. But to basically tell a business how to run their company by comparing their performance to other companies. So I'm huge on this stuff. This is and actually- that, sir, yeah. is called network comparison models. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah. So that's, that's the whole idea is that like that this is the future. What you're doing is the future. And it's funny because like, uh, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of partnership opportunities in what you do, because obviously marketing agencies, anybody listening to this, I definitely approve of something like this. Well, thank I you. Think, <laughs> well, it's because it's just, it's logical. It's, it's the next step. In it's how so logical. Going, it hurts. Right? Yeah. Like <laughs> it is. Well, I, you know, here's what we'll do since, you know, we went on our little five minute tirade. If anyone's still listening, you know, we're coming back into the normal interview process now, but I am curious if you can explain to me, because you're not a market agency, right? You would, or would you consider yourself one? No. We're not a sales tech. We're not a MarTech. We're kind of a rev tech, but that's trademarked by uh, Sixth Sense. So yeah. I call us a smart tech. So it's sales technology and marketing technology kind of combined into one place. But yeah. really, we're a growth enablement platform. Right. Right. And then that's the thing. I don't actually, I don't mind having, you know, agency vendors in the community, honestly, but I do have a pretty high bar and uh, I do like what you guys do. It sounds really interesting. Could yeah, you and I would never sell more? directly into your no. community ever. Either. <laughs> no worries. That's, that's against my rules. <laughs> no, no, no. All good. I'm just curious. Uh, could you explain a little bit more about how agencies listening to this podcast can make the most of you know, you guys could become a very big company, obviously. I think it sounds really cool what you're doing. So could you explain more about how an agency listening to this can benefit from what you guys offer? So not even just from what I offer, just becoming data-driven in general mm -hmm. is such an important step. And so many companies struggle with this. There's a Forbes article that's literally named, why is it so hard to become data-driven? Mm -hmm. Which I think is appalling because it's not. It's not hard. It's about taking it, undoing the mistakes you made in the past to make your past data data driven is a freaking nightmare. That's why it's hard. Yeah. If you start from this point moving forward, everything that you do will be data driven from that point on where don't rehash the past if you don't have the budget for that because it is a rabbit hole you do not want to go down. No pun intended. <laughs> right? Are uh, you sure? It seemed like it might have been intended. Well, I mean, you know, it's, it's a technical term, right? Yeah. Uh, so you don't want to go down that rabbit hole. You can change some stuff. I mean, I know people who can help with that. And also I know how to automate CRMs to actually autocorrect uh, mistakes mm -hmm. that were made. Sure, that can be done, but it's often difficult and it takes a lot of resources to do it and time and know-how. But if you start doing it now, it's a huge difference. So RevOps is a new thing. I just wrote an article on this. It's releasing a GTM mag, I think today or tomorrow. I forget which one I was talking to Julia, but it's about the RevOps process, speaking the language of the customer. That's the most important part. So it's taking what you learn from your clients, actually documenting that. That goes to the sales team to be able to use as an example of experiences that clients have had because what's better than through example, right? Mm -hmm. And then when the salespeople sell, why did they buy? Not the reason in their words, the reason in the client's words. They're excited. They'll tell you why they bought it in the first place right after they close. They're going yeah. to every single freaking time, guaranteed. I love so that. So you take that info and then you pass that to the marketing team to be able to speak the language of the customer. So a right. data-driven approach is pivotal. But the way that we play into this is that think of us as the intelligence behind the selling and the marketing so that everything can happen the way that you want it to. Yeah. Well, I, let me, let me break this down a little clearer, I guess. I'm trying to get you some clients here. 
<laughs> oh. <laughs> give give me some actionable items that agencies can take to use your company or work with you guys. I mean, like, and also maybe if you could frame it in a way that makes it a no brainer for them, why wouldn't they do it? Like, could you, sure. could you explain that process like step-by-step? Step? No, I mean, it's really easy. It's just simple export upload. I mean, that's the mm -hmm. whole process. But if you have access to your client's data and you just brought on a new client and you're having difficulty trying to figure what their target is, or it's not working. Let's say you've been running campaigns, hit or miss, hit or miss, hit or miss over and over and over again, and you're not actually developing a good thing, or you've developed something that's worked and then it dropped off. That happens all the time. You run an yeah. ad for six months, it's, it's going gangbusters, and then it just dies. Yeah. <laughs> happens all the time. What's happening, the market shifting? We can analyze yeah. that data, the people who they work with, the people who they fail to work with, the people who are clicking the ads, the people who are not clicking the ads. If you have them identified, like you, their identities resolved, we can tell you precisely who you need to be targeting, micro niche that out, and then creating effective, relevant content around that target. So also adding a layer of any of the leads that you generate for your clients, you probably pass them a bunch. When you do that, they probably get pissed off a lot because a lot of them are trash. They're garbage. Yeah. It's hard to sift through it because how are you supposed to know? You need a salesperson to talk to them. Again, we're a qualification engine, so we can distill that so you're only passing leads, marketing qualified leads, because what is a marketing qualified lead? Literally, what qualifies them? Nobody will ever give you an answer to that. It's nonsense. So yeah. we can qualify them at that level right. where you can pass them to a salesperson and they will hit it off. Right. So I guess to even keep diving deeper into this, like, you know, I'm looking at your guys' website, look at the pricing section. I see there's two grand, three grand a month. Is that the price that an agency pays if they want to white label you guys or work within this to help their clients? Or how does that Yes work? and no, but yes. So starting is 2074. Mm -hmm. That's if you want to use our service and it's non-committal. It's actually pay as you go, pay as you mm -hmm. go, or you can commit and it actually just saves you money. Your cost of data processing goes down. But really that 2074, it's $1,500 for onboarding, training and all the help to yeah. get started. But outside of that, it's 574 a month. If you're doing a thousand contact records per month or a thousand contact records per whatever you want to call it, uh, tr like transaction or however you want to call it, we're really just a consumption model. The right. data that you consume. So what you pay for is what you get, period. Mm -hmm. Doesn't matter if you're committed, not committed, whatever it may be. If you want to split up monthly payments, it's just you pay for what you use. The end. Interesting. If they pay for what they use, though, you, the flat rate is what they start at. So that's the entry point. It's, it's yeah. not a utility based model where it's like X amount of contacts or anything like that. Oh, is no, that it is. Down the, oh, it is. It is. It's okay. just that you can do it in a commitment form and then we give you a discount. Got it. Yeah. So what if you want to commit, it looks good on our accounting books and we could borrow against the bank with it. Just well, standard business stuff. Because, you know, here's the thing. And I, by the way, anyone listening, this is the first time Rob and I have talked. So there's, I'm not getting anything from this, but I, I think I might end up signing up. Uh, but the thing is, you know, it would be a no brainer if it could be a credit based thing, because then why wouldn't you try it? It is credit based. Um, Exactly. So that's what I mean. So, so what is that? What is that number for the credits? Like just to get started on. A so lowest thing? tier low with no commitment, 57 cents per contact record credit. Okay. That's it. And that's for the, the full analysis. We grab all the data, purchase the data from the sources. We do the whole analysis, predictive analytics and the whole kit and caboodle per contact is that's what it is. If you get larger quantities at a time, it's less, it can get as low as 23 cents per contact record. Interesting. What kind of outcome? should somebody expect from this list? I mean, is it basically, the, it's like that you just, you can basically just say these are gonna be higher quality 
leads than anyone else. Is right, but don't don't think that we provide the lists. We don't. Mm, we okay. give you all the tools so that you can generate leads effectively and mm. so you can know which ones to contact in the first place. Okay, yeah, so describe that to me a little bit more in detail because I think that would also help the whole idea of hyper-targeting more. Sure. Is this like a list of characteristics that your persona type has? Yes, in a way. So we're doing... Like I said, the average, uh, when salespeople are doing it, it's worse than marketers, way worse. It's about three to five characteristics mm -hmm. in depth. Right. That's about it. Marketers, five to 10. This is off of Gartner statistics, by the way. So this isn't just some BS I'm pulling out of my ass. Yeah. <laughs> you could look it up. So five to 10, we're doing 17 plus at any time. And we're looking at all the nuanced patterns to see how these things fit together. So when we give you the ICP, we teach you how to micro segment it even and do extremely, we call it hyper niche lead generation. Mm. So generating fewer leads that are of way higher quality at mm. all times. Yeah. From there with the scores, so we, it's scoring, but it's like best fit scoring pretty much. Right. Um, to see who fits, you run those leads that you generate through the system, any marketing qualified leads you attract, and then we pinpoint them and we give them a score between zero to 100. And we have an entire outreach prioritization guidelines based off of that, how you should market to them, how you should send them content and all that stuff built in. You know, I'm gonna have to talk to you offline to see if there's a sweet deal you can offer the community because that would be kind of Oh, nice. absolutely. I probably probably get a couple of people, hey, if you have one right now, feel free to offer it. No, I, I don't, but I can create one for the community. That's fine. <laughs> That'd be good. I think we can get people signed up. But the uh, do you have it in front of you? And could you show, because this also goes on YouTube, would you be able to show like what it is? And, and Oh, actually, yes. Funny you yeah. ask that. Let me, uh, I've got about 197 tabs open, so give me a... <laughs> yeah, take, take your time. <laughs> My computer's going to go, why? And no worries. Why, why did you do uh, this? While you're pulling it up, maybe I can ask you some questions about the company, because I know a lot's been about the technology. When did you guys start the business? Oh, good question. April 24th, 2019. Okay, so you guys been around for over two years. Yep, just about three. Well, no, yeah. two years and two, two and a half years. Yeah, how much revenue? How much revenue are you guys doing right now, like per month? That I don't disclose. Are you guys funded? Is it like a funded business, or is that why? Oh, we bootstrap the whole damn thing. Okay. So just, oh yeah. Just personal reasons. Well, no, it's because we don't. So I'm a data company. So I'm a data guy. I don't disclose data. I don't need to disclose because the internet has enough of me. <laughs> fair. If that makes fair, sense. Fair. Yes, like if you background yes. checked me using one of those commercial ones, it says that I'm 47, live in Maine, and own a house over there. Totally incorrect. So it has. I was going to say, you don't look 47, so. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's all wrong, that's and that's on purpose. You only oh, see what I want you to see. That's interesting. So you're like uh, one of those, uh, not a bad thing, by the way, but one of those like right to disconnect kind of guys. That's right, 110%. So let me ask you this. That's an interesting um, angle. So, and this, I think, is just generally curious and interesting for everyone listening too, but if you're a right to what disconnect kind of guy. What I will tell you, actually, then, what I will yeah. tell you is that compared to last year, we did 24X. Okay, nice. Well, could you, could you could you at least say if you guys are doing over a million dollars a year, or is that because if you're if you're at one dollar and you do twenty four times? It's so you much. know how we have this the model the way that we have it, where it's it's you, it's pay as you go, it's non committal, yeah. or you can commit. As far as yeah. recurring revenue, no. Mm -hmm. Got it, got it. But that's okay. I mean, all the best businesses right now are utility based businesses. So I mean, it's not like uh, you guys are in the wrong space or anything like that. So kudos to you for seeing that growth. That's awesome. Thank you. And I'll share the uh, the thing yeah, now. Yeah, do you want Just to share? Just let me know screen. if you can see it. Uh, yeah, hit the share button. If you can't, I think I might have to. I may have to allow you to do it. Are you able to? It says I'm sharing my screen. Great. I think I have to add it. Uh huh. Yes, add it to the stream. Okay. Now everybody. Can Perfect. See it. So here's an ideal customer persona. I never disclose my client's data, so you would never see theirs. This is mine. This 
on the left-hand side is the ideal decision-making persona. Decision-making, it's not always that. It depends on what you're processing. If it's a community-based persona that you're building, then it's, it's different. We just named it that. But on the left-hand side is the person, the individual, the human being. On the right-hand side is the company they work for. Because the company they work for and the human being are two very different things. As you're well aware, people do right. business with people they like, trust, and can relate to. If the business qualifies to buy, that's the firm of graphics, but that is totally secondary. This is where yeah. this has a leg up over like these lookalike platforms that are out there. What it's doing is just finding lookalikes based on firm of graphics. Is the company about the same size? Are they doing similar revenue? Are they in the same industry? Uh, are you talking to the same uh, the titles within the company? So on and so forth. This is taking it to the level of what are their skills? What is their background industry? So on the left, this is what they're, they're specialized in. This is an order of relevance, by the way. So this is the most relevant, this is the second most relevant, this is the third most relevant, and then everything else is tied in fourth by default. Right. So it's set up that way. Who should you be doing business with? This is the relevance. It's Think of it as a relevance engine to your client base. You know, I'll say too, just for anybody who's not watching the YouTube video right now, uh, basically what he's describing is there's two different panes. One on the left side is the customer and the other on the right side is the company. It kind of looks like... I'm curious what your rebuttal to this would be, but it kind of looks like a LinkedIn sales navigator. List. That's exactly why we built it this way. Cause you can apply mm -hmm. it right into a LinkedIn sales nav search, scrape the data mm -hmm. if you want, and okay. you can use this to your advantage. But when you're doing the, the micro niching, as we like to call it, is that you would focus on a CEO first. That's it. Not the other titles, just one CEOs that live in New York who have mm -hmm. kids who have been with the company for three years who uh, is skilled in marketing, sales, and leadership, who comes yeah. from a background of computer software, and they have a marketing degree of at least a bachelor's level between the age of 32 to 37. That yeah. is the person you wanna to speak to. So that's the list you generate. That's already gotten way smaller, but then you're gonna go even further as a secondary, a secondary level on the company side so that you know what language to use is IT and services. You're going to hunker down on that, not the rest. Because if you try to talk to everybody, you talk to nobody. You cannot personalize right. at scale. You can only be relevant at scale. And scalable relevance is a much smaller scale than what they make you think it is. Right? Yeah. So one curious thing as well is how does the credit system work here? Because you guys aren't exporting lists. So how does it, what are the credits for? The credits are for when you upload contacts. So oh, for us to do God. all these analyses, you have to upload contact records. So whether you're building an ICP oh. or if you're running prospects through for predictions, yeah. each contact record, since we have to pull all the data on them and then run them through the entire process. I was going to say, right. That's a pretty, that's a pretty heavy, like server load, right? I mean, aren't you guys, uh, Oh yeah. You bet. It, uh, how are you guys, well, maybe that's proprietary. I don't know, but, but how long does it take? Let's say do a thousand contacts thousand contact system. records would take approximately five minutes and 30 seconds that's pretty solid that's yeah pretty solid um i mean it'll take about brain. seven and a half minutes for an icp build mm -hmm. but it'll take about five five and a half minutes for uh predictions very cool i have to say this is very unique I, if, if anybody's listening to the podcast right now i recommend watching the youtube video it is pretty cool and like i said to you before before we started talking it's not pretty mm -hmm. it's meant it was built to work we're making it pretty though that's going to be releasing within that. <laughs> hey, I'm making months. mine pretty too. I, I get you. I get you. this is perfectly fine with me. So, so if I go into here to get a little bit further into it, now here's the difference. Like I was talking about before, with the one and a half percent versus the forty-seven percent opportunities within a lead list. Let's say if you do it the traditional way, the traditional way, you're going to hit somewhere around. So here's a, a lead list that I generated from Zoom Info for an example. It's got roughly yeah. four hundred contact records in it. 
I did the the industry, a couple job titles. The UK was the target. At, like So the UK was the region. Uh, companies between 200 to 1,000, just mm -hmm. like people would do normally. Now, when I sort this list, you'll see here, I have about one, two, three, four, five, five opportunities in here out of the 400. The rest of them have been disqualified up front. Okay, I see. So basically what you're doing, just to make this simple for everybody, because I think I finally realized what is going on here. Essentially, it's anyone who uses LinkedIn or LinkedIn Sales Navigator who's listening right now, imagine you're doing that, you go set your list, and then you have a list of contacts. Essentially what your tool does is it runs AI machine learning models to essentially confirm how relevant those people are to the search parameters that you want for your business. That's that exactly correct? right. Okay. That's, yep, that's exactly right. And then we're able to score them saying this person is an 87.4% fit to your ideal customer. I love that. That actually is, that's brilliant. That's brilliant. So, uh, and then this, you, this, when yeah. you use the micro targeting techniques mm -hmm. though, so we had five out of 400, that's a 1.25% hit rate. Now, when you use our micro targeting methodology for much smaller risk uh, lists that are very specific, we have just about six out of these 13 leads that were generated that mm -hmm. are a really, really good fit. I mean, 46.9, it's a flip of a coin. One out, one out of two ain't bad in sales and marketing, right? No. So that's the point. So now we have a 47.5% hit rate and nothing is well, hitting 1% probability. I would say, you know, let's, let's think about it too. The, the, if you are a salesperson and you say, hey, my company has a massive AI machine learning database to determine if you're a good fit for our company, we do a ton of research and we comb through thousands of contacts and we've determined that your company would be the best fit for our service. That's going to get you a much higher closing rate because everyone is, we're, everyone is disassociating themselves from, like you said, at the beginning spray and pray methods, sort of like large non-targeted methods saying something like that's going to get you more people to be interested in the product or service. Now I am curious. I mean, since it's a utility based model, uh, it does make me wonder at what point does the data become statistically relevant? How does somebody know if they actually have enough, for instance, like, oh, I guess it's because they need to have enough that have a high score to basically know if it's a good list, right? Because yeah, ex exactly. you have right? We're pulling kind of data on them left and right. So from public yeah. sources, news releases, press releases, blogs, job board sites, LinkedIn, and so on, we're pulling it from all the public sources so that we can learn everything we can about them. I mean, we get into their skills, their interests, their values, aspirations. They're, so we're looking at geographics, demographics, firmographics, psychographics, you name it. So it's, it's encompassing. And we're looking at the company separate from the person is the, is the mm -hmm. idea, because that's important. People do business with people they like, trust, and can relate to, mm -hmm. period. It's always <laughs> been that way, and it always will be as long as people are in charge of the business. I think it's fascinating. And I, I mean, I realize now it's very almost gamified because, you know, if somebody doesn't get a high enough score, they're going to keep importing more contacts until they do. That's brilliant. I don't really have a lot more questions for you other than, you know, thank you for being on the show. I think if you're still free after this, we should still talk, but thank you for being on the show. How can people contact you who aren't in the group? How can they contact you? How can they get in touch? What would be the best way for them to? Sure. I mean, you can always hit me up on LinkedIn. Happy to connect. That's uh, linkedin.com forward slash IN as in Nancy forward slash Robert dash Turley. Mm -hmm. Or you can go to our website, www.whiterabbitintel.com. That's rabbit with two Bs. You have no idea how many people make that mistake. <laughs> That's the way it's supposed to be spelled, by the way. Or you can find me on any streaming platform. If you look up down the rabbit hole, Rob Turley. 
you will find me and uh, pretty much anywhere else. So however you get in touch with me is totally fine. Yeah, everybody uh, go check out White Rabbit Intel. I think I, I, I'm going to put a prediction out there. I think this actually is at least a $10 million company, not valuation revenue. And I could see it happening by 2023. That's my Valuation guess, so. is 47.5. Yeah, well, so I had 47.5 would be. Yeah, 47,500,000. Oh, your valuation. Yeah. Are you getting that from like Pipe or, or any of these like online valuation tools or is that actually no. from a broker? No. So it's it's from it's suggestive from a broker because we don't want to put that actual valuation on it because remember, we never even had pre-seed. We did a bootstrap, so whatever we want it to be, it still can be. That's that's just the reasonable assumption. Yeah, it's interesting. So I mean, I, I can see why it has a high valuation because it, the IP I, is worth a shitload. Well, I was going to say because the, you know, I mentioned Snowflake Right. I mean, that when you start to get utility based software models, the valuation is extremely high. Did you come up with this idea or, or do you have co-founders or who's? who's oh, yeah. My, I have a co-founding partner, Tim Gosnell. Awesome mm -hmm. dude. He's done work for like Deloitte, NASA, all them. Uh, he's an engineer. One hundred ten percent. He does yeah. back end architecture, all that good stuff. Um, and then there's myself. So I'm the other founder and uh, right. I, I deal in like solutions, architecture, uh, business strategy, strategic alliances and partnerships and so on. Amazing. So we'll, we'll just wrap up here with a few final questions. How old are you? I'm 26. 26. This has been around, you said, for two years. So two years. Two and a half years. Yeah, I started this company when I was 23. Got it. Uh, and is the plan to sell or do you think this could become like the next? Oh, no, it's going to be a fucking cash cow. Yeah. How big yeah. do you think it's going to get? What do you so think my goal is? is by the end of 2027, multi-billion dollar company. I love it. I, love I need it. to be in Forbes 30 under 30. Otherwise, I didn't do my life right. <laughs> okay. Uh, you know, it's funny. I, I keep saying this interview is going to end, but I have to keep asking more questions. So uh, <laughs> I definitely have a very similar uh, motivation. I wouldn't say necessarily for 30 to 30, but definitely want to get to multi-billion dollar. Oh, no, that's not the motivator. That's the outcome. That's what I was going to ask though. So what is, what is the motivator? Why, why do you want to The motivator is to optimize the way that we do business because it's honestly pathetic. Mm -hmm. And we need to do business in an effective, optimized way. When we do that, that will up the GDP across glo globally, across the world. Mm -hmm. And when we up the GDP, that means more people get jobs. When more people get jobs, that, that means people get paid more. When people get paid more, everybody's happier. There will be less homelessness. There'll be less everything. I know it sounds like I'm, I'm like uh, America's crazy. top model talking <laughs> about that. But the way that it, the, I see how things are connected at such a nanoscopic level, that mm -hmm. everything is so, so connected that by doing this, all of those things will fall into place. And I just, I honestly want to help people because data is the answer to a lot of our issues. And I want to get involved in a lot of other things too down the road, but this right. is the way that I'm funding all of those ideas to help make the world a better place. Okay. I love that. I never heard anybody else explain the exact thing I want to do in this much detail. So that same motivation, I basically, um, the goal has always been to try to find ways to use technology to essentially reduce suffering, which the right. big things are homelessness, inequality, poverty, and climate change, pretty much. I mean, those are like the big, big yeah. four, I would say. It's crazy. It's crazy. That's good to hear. I mean, yeah, you and I are going to be friends. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just funny. Jordan, he, when he, when he made that intro, he was, he told me offline, he's like, yeah, you're going to really like Rob. I've been friends with Jordan now for like seven months. And he's um, an awesome dude. He was the guy I clicked with too. I mean, that's why we started all this together. <laughs> I wonder how many people are still around listening to this interview right now, but hey, I, I found it very interesting, uh, even though it's like three times longer than my normal interview. So I do 40 minute uh, ones too. So yeah, I was like, I'm, I'm sure there's people who are still listening. I hope they enjoyed it. I think they probably did, but uh, uh, let me, we'll, 
well, uh, and you, you're not going to disclose the revenue numbers. I understand. Uh, but you said 47.5 was the revenue. Yeah. The valuation, sorry, valuation. Is there a check size that somebody would have to write you to sell this and walk away like completely? Like, I mean, you, you couldn't pay me. You Money's not my yeah. motivator. Money's the outcome. Mm -hmm. I love it. I love it, man. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. Uh, yeah, free for a couple more minutes. We can stay on and chat. Uh, but thank it. you, everybody, for listening. And uh, this will conclude this How to Scale Agency interview podcast. Uh, hit up Rob if you need anything for your company. Thanks. Thank you.